beautiful human. Thanks for letting us into your ears today. We're about to get to know Ty Verdes. He has a brand new album out. It is called TV. You know his records from the TikTok, Stuck in the Middle, A-OK. We have a lot to talk about, obviously. So please subscribe to this podcast and share it with those you care about. And let us know who we should invite on our couch next. That's Zach Sang Show in every form of social media. Okay, Ty Verdes, like Ty Die, is hanging out now. Hi, beautiful human. I'm Zach. That's Dan. And uh, this is Ty Verdes. Did I say that correct? That's how you know you got a good name if no one can say it right. Well, Tyler Tyler Cologne is your real name. Yeah, yeah. And then I changed it because I just wanted to <laughs> yeah but are you did you legally change it like if you whip out your id your id oh, right now no man i'm too lazy for that come on no no are you lazy yeah i'm the most lazy person of all time that's why i can only do stuff that i really really enjoy doing okay and you really really enjoy doing music yeah like i tried everything man i did stand-up comedy i did acting i did a podcast i did um modeling i did shoot i, I was doing piano cover videos back when instagram wasn't like instagram you know so i've been doing social stuff for a long time and all that you know kind of didn't really catch my interest but when i did start doing music and um dialing into what i wanted to do it just caught me hold on so (laughs) what point in your life do you realize that music could be something serious and you actually sit down and give time and energy to doing it properly Mm, yeah i don't think there is a point you know like i was just at the verizon store working and then i was making music when i had time to because that was what i was interested in and then one of these days i just downloaded tiktok put it on my tiktok and then it went crazy but why were you interested in music were you only interested oh yeah because the other stuff failed no 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 i've been doing music for a long time i played piano since i was uh like 11 i did guitar for uh two years i did ukulele for like four years i was the kid in college with the ukulele trying to be like hey guys listen to me (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but you were doing wait can i swear on this or no yeah you're fine oh yeah ukulele on the (laughs) (laughs) phone you know what i'm saying So, okay, you're playing ukulele in college. I read that you did piano and you do, like, random covers on the piano. Yeah, I did that when I was, like, 2016, bro, crazy. And then, but but you started when you were really young. Like, you'd been playing piano for 13 years. Mm -hmm. So is music, is piano the base of how you create music today? Um, Just how long I've been into it, like, music theory, like, a lot of it is I, I think easier on piano because you can see all of the notes. You don't have to play them perfect. Like on guitar, you have to press down on something the perfect way or play the chord a really nice way. But if you just press down piano, obviously there's dynamics to playing piano. But if you press down on a note, you get an A note. You know, you don't yeah. have to slide it around like on a guitar you can. But uh, music theory kind of built what I do right now, which is, you know, like produce, make music, you know, arrange, um, write. That's how I do it. And just being influenced by all the music that my mom and my parents showed me um, when I was growing up. Did you go to college for music? Nah, man. I went to college for entrepreneurship. I went there for a year and a half, and then I entrepreneurship my way out of college. (laughs) (laughs) What did you have that was better than the university at the time? Um, I just don't think that you need... I personally... I think every case is um, different, but I just didn't vibe with whatever was happening there. Like... One of the one of the assignments was they gave you like five thousand dollars for for thirty kids and you started your own business. We had this collapsible coffee cup, oh. and that's what I did. 
Um, but I was on the marketing team. So I was like, okay, what if we put the coffee cup on Tinder so that when people are swiping, they'll see the coffee cup and interact with it. And we can have the coffee cup, you know, right back and whatever. That's a great and idea. Then, right. Great idea. But I got in trouble for that idea. So I went into class and they were like, yeah, you guys can't do that. We don't want Tinder associated with our, um, with our, uh, Whatever it's called, collapsible coffee cup. Well, they just don't want Tinder associated with the university, and I was like, "That seems dumb. This is five thousand dollars, and it's not going to get connected with you guys." And guess who started promoting on Tinder? Every company ever after that. So that's what I was. That's what I was doing when I was in college, and then uh, I was also failing classes <laughs> so <laughs> i failed everything and like english even like you know i write music now but i didn't even i didn't even get an f i got a what is it unfinished or whatever like oh, a dash geez. right oh, so after i got the dash i was like <laughs> i got a dash up out of here. <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah why am i here yeah um so, uh, and they told me that i either could leave or resubmit for college and then i was like up oh, I'm just going to leave and try community college. So I was like, okay, Babson, we get it. It's like a, it's a private school. It's expensive. Um, my parents were paying for it at the time. And then they were like, we're not paying for this school anymore. And I was like, okay, so what's affordable? Let me take out a loan and go to community college and start like just being, be independent. I did that for a semester. And then that was it. I was like, don't want to do community college anymore. So then after community college, I was like, let's get a job. <laughs> So, like, a real job, though. Yeah, so I did, um, well, n- technically, I um, got on a reality TV show after that. Yeah, okay, and then yeah. you win $50,000. And then I win $50,000. You, you're doing your research over yeah, there. we haven't even started oh, yeah. here, dude. <laughs> uh, you, you use $50,000 to move to L.A., and that's where you try your hand at a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, when I was in college, one of my friends was like, listen to this, I'm watching this show, and I was like, oh, I'd be perfect for this show. So, I submitted, got through, like, seven, eight why, rounds of casting. Why were you perfect for this show? Because it was competition-based, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, like, dating-based, like, personality-based, and I think people, I, I was, like, you know, the guy that wasn't, doing class i was like making fun of people having fun i was playing basketball at the time too Uh, i was playing basketball for a long time since i was a kid and then after i broke my foot i just didn't play anymore but everyone was like oh yeah submit for the show see what happens and then i did and then i got it um and that's the money i used to you know try out all those different things i said in the beginning like you know do doing a five minute stand-up comedy show doing uh i was like a backup um what is it? A stand-in yeah. on one of the new Brad Pitt movies. You know, like, that's what I was doing, random stuff, man. Did you know this entire time, though, even when you were in college, that the entertainment industry is what you actually wanted to do? I mean, I didn't really know. I didn't really know at all just because I just knew that I hated school. I knew that I hated school, didn't want to be at school. Um, I liked being around people. Like, I liked the atmosphere of it all. But other than that, not really. I wasn't I wasn't like, I'm going to be a star, though. I was like, I want to make music. I mean, I want to make money on the internet. And I also like music. And I also like all the... Like, I'd see people do interviews. And I'd see people do um, TV shows. And, like, acting looked fun. Like, it all looked more fun than working at a desk it, to it, me. You Well, your mom, did she actually tell you that you'd be a star when you grew up? No, she just told me my voice mattered. And that's how I interpreted it. You know, this is a great line. Time to go. You're too special to lay around my house and take up space. You're going to do something for the human race. Yeah. Do you believe that? That I'm going to do something for the human race? Has your album done something? I think that it's not my job to to say if if 
I've done something for the human race. It's for it's my job to just be grateful for like being able to be in the position. And then after I'm grateful, people are now message me like, oh, the A-OK got me out of my bad mood or feeling this bad never felt so great, got me out of my really toxic relationship or Solamente makes me feel less alone. Like that's those are the type of messages that are really cool to get. Do you feel obligated to do something that is worthwhile to make your parents proud? Um, I don't feel obligated to do anything. I just feel obligated to do something that I love because I'm here for a short time. Like I'm going to die. So I have to do something like we're, I need to do something that I'm super passionate about because nothing else can hold my interest. In false profit, are you passionate about making art or are you passionate about what comes with fame? Um, I'm passionate about not working a nine to five. And that's what I think that I was trying to uh, say in fake profit is like, I want to be marketing. And, and and I think that a lot of people think marketing is fame, but marketing is just business. And that's what I like is like connecting with people, making, giving people something when, when marketing is supposed to be like taking from people. But giving people something is actually the best way to market. And that's how I built it on TikTok is just being like, here, I'm giving you this music here. Let me send my car and give you something for your day instead of saying, this is the next song that you need to listen to. Like, hey, if you like this song, listen to it. If you don't, then I'll get you with the next one. You know, <laughs> what does music give you? Music gives me, I don't know. It gives me an escape because I, like I said, I just need something to focus on. And it's really focusing because it, my brain scrapes through every single second of it. Yeah, and I've said this before, but it's like green lights and red lights. So if I hear green the entire time, then it's a, then it's the song's done. But if there's something that like makes maybe goes yellow or red during the song, then it's not done. How does the song start? The song needs to hook somebody, no matter what. Even if it's not a even if it's not a pop song, an alternative song, any type of song, I think it has to have something interesting in the beginning. But when okay, so when you're creating mm. it though, are you going based on a story that you need to tell? Are you oh. being given a piece of production? Like, yeah, yeah. So I can write to track. So a lot of the songs that I made on the album are just written to track. Like, just the whole, all the music's there, and I just write on top of it. In, so I in just some curate. cases, you're yeah. the producer too. You, well, yeah. one, you're the sole writer on the whole album, TV. Mm. Yeah. Well, I there's a lot of industry stuff that goes along. Like, if if a producer's in the room, if a producer makes it, they get credit for writing on the track yeah. too. So like, yeah, I I so, wrote I wrote like. 80% of it, yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. I, Adam Friedman. Adam uh, Friedman, a great guy. <laughs> by the way, you know, it's so funny. When I was listening to your album, I really thought, like, combination of early Mike Posner, like, drug dealer girl era Mike, <laughs> with, like, Bob Marley Weezer energy. Mm. And to see him after listening to the album a couple times, it all kind of clicked. Mm. At what point do you give him A-OK or do you create it from the beginning with him? What was that like? So what he had was living in this big blue world with my head up in space. I don't know. A-OK. And then that wasn't even the beginning of the song. That was in one of the songs that he showed me. And I was like, bro, you didn't start the song like that. That's what I mean by arrange- arrangement, right? I was like, you need to put that in the front of the song. Um and then also the guitar sounded really good. So I was like, doesn't this guitar sound so good in my head? That's what I thought. So I was, and I love it when people talk in the beginning or end of songs. So that's what I said in the beginning of the song. And it really just clicked. So do you get this session after Stuck in the Middle blows up? 
Do I get the session with Adam? Yeah. Yeah. So I was working with nobody. I was yeah. working by myself. <laughs> you, you were actually yeah. working at Verizon was, <laughs> and then alone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was working alone in my bedroom. And that was when I was living in a living room, too. That whole time that I'm doing all that, like, podcasting, modeling, and stuff like that, I'm living in a sectioned off living room in downtown LA for, like, four years. Amazing. Yeah. So in that section off <laughs> living room, I'm writing... You're a player, aren't you? And I bet you go. <laughs> and after that, I put it on TikTok. That's when it started blowing up. I think it was around like 2 million to 4 million streams when I worked with Adam. Um, that's when I met Ryan, my manager's in this room being sneaky. Um, <laughs> he introduced me to Adam. And then I started working with him. We made a terrible song. It wasn't, not a terrible song, but just a song that I didn't like that much. And then the next day, we wrote Drugs. And that's how I knew that I like to make music with people that I actually like, you know, like if I can hang out, I hang out with Adam all the time. Sometimes we just hang out for like six hours and then in the seventh hour, I'll be like, that's a good idea. And then we'll start making a song and then we'll finish it hour 12. Well, there's vulnerability attached to making this stuff. Exactly. And it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that your story is in the music. It's in the song. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say something when I'm making these songs. You're, you're, you're giving us a glimpse into who you are. Mm-hmm, exactly. So you can only make that with people that you can be vulnerable around. Yeah, yeah, and you can share, have bad ideas, but also understand when there's a good idea. It's, yeah. I mean, it's very intricate, and not all of those relationships go well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try to make, when I meet producers in L.A., and I, I try to be the one that's like, okay, when I'm writing right now, what's going to make them stop producing and be like, right, he's really saying this next to me right now? That's what usually ends up being a good song. Do you go in with ideas or do you go based on the energy of that room? I'm constantly thinking of ideas. I've saw I've seen a lot of like now that I'm a songwriter, I guess officially. <laughs> does that like even saying that does that surprise you at all? Um, I just think that the all, everyone is taking themselves too seriously in the industry like I I don't know. When people go out and they're like, "Oh, this is what I do is so important." When which it is important in some aspects, but like I'm just having fun. Whether it's a sad song, happy song, melancholy song, I'm just having fun and I'm trying to make a business. That's just and that's that's fun for me. So um, I forgot the question, but that's what you, oh, being a songwriter. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. like you keep saying business. This yeah. is a business. Is it yeah. a business first or what is it first? No, it's fifty fifty, which I think a lot of people um, are kind of like to shy away, at least artists a little bit, shy away from the other 50% of like marketing and stuff like that because they're like, oh, I'm going to sell out or, oh, I'm going to um, be inauthentic in some sort of way or it just doesn't align with my artist vision. When in reality, it should be trying to create a parallel between your artist vision and the marketing aspect. So if you're like the guy who doesn't want to show your face, then don't show your face, but then share your music in some sort of way. Like you have to be creative. And I think that artists use a a lot of their mental energy on being creative with their music and production but they don't do it on the marketing which can help them be way bigger if they want to be like not every artist wants to be the biggest artist in the world not every artist wants not every business wants to be amazon you know it's all about knowing what you want and i think for me i know what i want and that's just well actually i don't even know what i want i want to i'm taking it as far as i can now but maybe i'll go come up against something that i don't want to do and then i won't do it but right now i haven't found anything that i don't want to do business wise so I mean, there's two parts here. Do you see yourself, like, do you want to be Amazon in this game? Yeah, I mean. And what does it mean to be Amazon in music? Um, I think anyone who has built a following with a personality and with a vulnerability, like Tyler the Creator, 
so himself. Billy the Eilish, so herself. Billy, Billy the Eilish. <laughs> Billy Eilish, so herself. Like Kanye, so himself. Um, just figuring out how to be yourself and know that whatever idea comes in your head is okay for other people to think. And whether that's Amazon or whether it's, you know, Shmamazon, I just want to make it okay for people to think thoughts, you know? So let's go back to marketing. Is what like what is the root of good music marketing then in your belief? I mean, does it come from a genuine place? Yeah, everything comes from a genuine place marketing wise. Like I think some of the coolest marketing stuff that I've seen in the past. Like, do you ever remember seeing that video of uh, Hozier singing "Take Me to Church in That Subway"? Yes, that was marketing. Yeah, right. So if you think about those ways, where it's like this guy that probably doesn't want to go and do like the most glitz and glammy poppy thing, but if he's in the subway singing with uh you know, people in a subway. Subway it, performer? Yeah, subway performer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it now it connects with his fans, and now it shows that he, like, wants to share his music, yeah. and it just makes him cool, like, for doing that. So. And it goes viral. He sounds amazing. He reaches organically new people, of course. Exactly. There's, there is so many layers to it, but mm-hmm. not, you know, not, does, but does it always add up to be the right thing every time? Right. Like some artists do lean more on the credibility of their music over Mm -hmm. the concept of taking an easy route to go viral. I think there's so many good musicians out there in the world, but it's how do you stick out? And it's more than just the music. Yeah. I think having a personality in general um, that you want to share is a thing that artists need to decide what what they want to do. Like if you want to go on a talk show and show your personality, that's a big decision you got to make because that's the personality people are going to like connect you with. Um, So being confident in that is really important. Um, And it's all, it's all case by case basis. It's about what you want. Like as an artist, like not every artist has to be the biggest, but if you want to be, then you should be creative. But you want to be the biggest. Yeah, man. I think that I I have a lot of, uh, you know, passion for this and I'm not really scared of, a lot of people also like going outside is not my funnest thing that I like like i don't care about going outside that much you know like when quarantine happened i was just i was chilling and i think a lot of people got really sad and they're like i don't want to make music anymore i don't want to put out music and it was definitely the right decision for some people like if you're big and there was like social rights issues going on the pandemic was happening probably not the best move for Katy perry to be like look at my album yeah but it gave artists but like, it gave artists like me the chance yeah there was clear run- runway consistently yeah. to the point where we were you, you were having artists emerge that you would have never had before and exactly music was way more democratized than it's been ever crazy like, like it really is true like if you have a phone you have the power to pick the next hit to create the next arena selling yes artists <sighs> and tiktok is a big reason of that too why do you think stuck in the middle blew up on tiktok um, a couple of reasons. Everything that you post on TikTok needs to happen fast because it's basically a good idea machine. So your good idea has to happen fast and it has to relate to people. So the three things that happen in the middle of su- in the beginning of stuck in the middle is it starts with like a baseline that's super like it's like what is, that is this? Not a sample. No, it, that was okay. How I found this: two thousand views on that beat. Really? On YouTube, guy in France was making it, and. I just picked it out, and I was like, okay, I'm going to write Stuck in the Middle over this. Oh. And then I had to, like, <laughs> go back and forth with this dude from France who doesn't speak English that well and be like, dude, it has 250,000 streams right now. I need to buy this from you. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. Let's see. 
I've had other songs that get 250,000 streams. Huh. Well, I, let's figure out something that we can do. So he, he kind of held out a little bit to get a little bit of money, but yeah. who cares in the yeah, long I mean, scheme of things. Your um, life's rather different. Exactly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So it was funny just to just to kind of do the little Nas X thing where you find something on the Internet, you use it and you make something completely new out of it. Um, I do the I do the thing where I crowdsource like I'm not the best producer in the world. But I can find uh, like a producer who made his best beat and I'll figure out my best lyrics and put it on something and make something cool. Like music should be made together because that's how you can get further. If you want to if you want to be if I wanted to be a producer, mixer, master, everything, I would never be here because I have too much focus on. But I'm just trying to write the best lyrics, help produce the best thing and then put something out. So is that your strength in the studio? Writing. Yeah. Yeah. Writing and arranging. Got it. So. Wow. That's crazy. This yeah. guy from France <laughs> has a hit. Yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't and realize. so do you. Yeah. Two well, hits. Yeah, dude. Wild. I'd, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Well, after Stuck in the Middle takes off, how long after that do you start thinking about, okay, how can I follow this one up? Um. Well, I had maybe 20 songs and 10 songs that I actually liked at the time. And that's when I really didn't have my sound yet. After I wrote Drugs with Adam, though, um, I wrote Cute Kids and then Feeling This Bad Never Felt So Great all in a row. Okay. So after I did that, I had I kind of had a sound of what I liked. What um, what of those are crowdsourced? Any of oh, them? no, that, no, no. That's None. like that's like that's like me and Adam making something f- from the ground up. Got it. Um, crowdsourced like me writing over beat solamente is me writing over beat uh stuck in the middle is me writing over beat and then um real world a lot a lot of it's just me writing over beats which is how it kind of i kind of like it like that because i get to tell these stories of my perspective and then share over these amazing producers who've been doing it for years who maybe they have a musical beat that not a lot of pop people want to use not a one not not a lot of like alternative people want to use but you hear something yeah Exactly, but I'll hear something in it just because music is dope. But if you have like that, what what I said about like the musicians promoting and stuff like that, people don't want to be shown new things. You don't want to be shown something new because if I say, "Bro," and you don't know who I am, bro, check out my song. Your um, autom- your first thought is, "I hate you." Your <laughs> yeah. first thought is every single time, "I hate you." So you want to make it so that you try to make the least amount of people hate you. This music game is not about <laughs> making people like you because people hate Justin Bieber. I talk to I talk to people every day. I hate Justin Bieber's voice. Oh, he's he's old. I don't want to talk. I don't want to listen to him anymore. So, okay, he's still Justin Bieber. You yeah, know, so it's it, like... And evoking emotion is evoking emotion. Exactly. That's what you're looking to do because no exactly. matter what the emotion is, you take up real estate in that person's brain and that increases your yep. brand size. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the same page, Zach. Oh, <laughs> I, I get you. Oh yeah. Is, is there a strategy with some of the words you use? Because in Stuck in the Middle, you obviously open up and you like mention the word hose, which will grab your mm. attention. And then in drugs, it's called drugs. That's going to grab your attention. Mm. Do you do that on purpose? 
I don't do it on purpose. I just don't want to write something that I've heard before. Like, yeah. I think with a lot of these songs out here, if I'm, I'm, at least me as a new artist, I can't go on a track and the first lines be, my love, my, my heart hurts, and my love is hard, because everyone's heard that. But if you say, stuck in the middle, like, like you're a player, aren't you, and I bet you got hoes, something that I've experienced, I only write from stuff that I've experienced. Like, if I say, like, you know, in the club, da, 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 I, I don't know if that's as believable as me talking about my own experience. So did somebody look you in the eyes and say, you're a player, aren't you? Yes. And I bet you got hoes. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly and that. what was your response? Uh, you don't know me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm talking really? verbatim. Yes. This is a verbatim conversation. So you experience <laughs> this and know that you need to turn it into a song? Like, what is... Or did you hear the I wasn't a, I wasn't really a songwriter at the time. I was still trying to figure it out. I had made some stuff like under a different name, like Tyler Semicolon, that I yes. was still trying to figure it out. And the lyrics were there. They were like the concepts were there. Um, but it wasn't all the way there. It took, it took you know, like a, a, a little toxic relationship to bring it all out of me. Really? So what changes? Is that you have a toxic relationship between Tyler Semicolon and? Hell yeah. Dur I think during Tyler Semicolon into, into Ty Verde's. Is Ty Verde exactly who you are today, or is it a different version of you? Um, I think everyone changes, right? So I think Ty Verde is like, if you were just like naming your younger selves, then yeah, Ty Verde is me when I was younger, and now Ty Verde is, I mean, Tyler Semicolon is me when I was younger, and then Ty Verde is me now, you know? So do you change your name in a few years? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> no, I think I'm going <laughs> to stick with Ty Verde a little bit, um, but yeah. So many questions still. Um, yeah, very fascinating. Yeah, lucky you. You're, you're on our couch. Um, are you listening to the production and then realizing what story you need to tell? Or are you just like thinking up lyrics and stories that you want to tell, keeping notes of them, yeah. and then matching it to production? Like, How does it work? I think as a songwriter, you're always on. At least for the songwriters that I know, you're always on. Like You're always like thinking about... Um, conversations that you've had or are having currently. Like, I, you could say something right now and be like, I need to write that down. Like, I'm always writing things down in my notes app just because those are the most authentic things, things that you experience. And if, like, and if something catches you in conversation, then that should probably, you know, be written down, at least for me. Okay. So, but but then you hear the, per, like, a, a, a beat and how do you match it up? How do you, like, what 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 goes on there? I think that's kind of the innate, like, p like piano experience for, like, 13 years and listening to different types of music. Like, I listen to every single thing ever, so I can kind of drop into the pocket of any type of genre of song. Like, um, because I listen to, like, 50 Cent. I listen to The Now. That's what I call music CDs. I listen to Ooh. Shrek the Musical. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, Staying yeah. current with The Now, <laughs> Volume 62. Dude, no, I was that was back when, like, my age was the same number as the now, like now five, now six. Yeah. Oh, dude, are you yeah. like born in two thousand? Like, what's your deal? No, nineteen ninety five. I'm like on the okay. edge of millennial and Gen Z. Yeah, you're the age of my sister. Yeah, <laughs> love that. I yeah, guess. I'm old. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but yeah, so then finding that pocket, like one of my favorite songs is the United Airlines theme, Rhapsody in Blue. That song, that's great. What? Yeah, like just crazy. No, what is this? Like 2005. Remember when you used to go on an airplane and they used to play Rhapsody in Blue? Ah, man. If you listen to it, you'll you'll get it. Are you pulling it up? I'm gonna try and pull it up. But this is this is the song they played on the airplane. Yeah, this is the United Airlines theme song. And this is your this is one of your favorite. This is one of my favorite classical songs. One of my favorite classical songs. Okay, got it. What's one of your like other favorite songs? Um, favorite songs of all time. 
I really like, and this is completely I never different. Ask people this question, so now I'm interested. Um, that Billy Eilish song "When the Party's Over" is great. Three Nights" by Dominic Fike is great. Oh, great record! Both um, of those. Bowl really by Dominic Fike is great. Another great song. Um, Brent Fias, I forget the name of it, but Brent Fias has a song that doesn't have a chorus that I really like. Dude. Yeah. Are you talking? No, I was gonna say you write songs without choruses. Yeah. Sometimes. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I that was one of the things that I took a jump in a le- not a really a jump because I I don't really think about how people are gonna consume my music. I just want to say something on the track and hopefully people connect to it. You know, if they want to. Um, with real world. I was really wondering how that would react. And I think it just got a million streams on Spotify. So having that type of success, just sharing my stream of consciousness is really awesome to see for the future. Are you looking to do a balance or are you looking to just rewrite the, the rules of everything that you do? I mean, yeah, rewrite. the Like we everyone's done it all already. You know, like why would I want to do something that everyone already did? You know? Yeah. Um, you mentioned real world. And I was going to say it's, that, that's just like five straight verses in an outro, right? Yeah. Did you exactly. try putting a bridge or anything in there? Or did you just kind of write and you said, eh, this is it? Yeah, exactly that. I was, <laughs> I kind of knew when I was done because when I started it, it felt so like some things are too real to put an 808 on, mm. you know, some things are too real to put like some synths on, like when it becomes too production, it beca- it, do- it doesn't translate that's why i think love yourself has just a guitar right because it just that was the best version they had like 808s on and they just stripped it back i deserve to be alone yeah that was one of the sessions where i like said that in a, in a session with some producer and she was like oh yeah that that's good we should, we should do that <laughs> you know do you deserve to be alone um all my songs are moments Right. Like I feel that way in the moment and then we pass on and we do the next one, you know. So like, yeah, in that moment, I feel like I deserve to be alone after you have a relationship. Maybe you should give some space, you know, because you're being toxic. So do you learn anything from making the song? Yeah, you learn. Well, making this album, I realized that like music is kind of therapy for me because it's so focusing and I just like put my emotions into it. Um, yeah. And just singing it. I, I've sung it in front of some people. And that's how I realized that like, yeah, this is therapy for me. Just being out here and expressing myself so the song helps you move on from the moment yeah song helps you move on from moment song helps you remember the moment so you don't do it again like yeah, yeah it's it's great fake profit is like dude that song really stuck out to me do mm. you feel like you need fame for love or like what's the story there no i think that's just me being young you know and i and that's what i meant by i want it to be okay for people to think things like i think there's a lot of people in la or maybe in the midwest or the east coast and it doesn't matter where you are but Maybe you see somebody and he ha- and they have a lot of things, and you think your partner is gonna be jealous. Not in, your partner is gonna want those things, yeah. right? That's a that's a classic thought that people have had that I just don't hear a lot. So I just was like, what if I said, what if I did this? That what if is more exciting to me than ca- catering to what has already happened. What is success to you? How do you define it? Um, success is output. So n- I don't really care if. I get a lot of streams on something because because that's dedicated by that's um, determined by other people. So if other people have control over what I think is success, then you're never going to figure out what success is. But if I say, oh, I put out an album, that's successful. If I say next year I want to put out another album and I do, then that's success. Right. I can't be like, oh, if I win a Grammy or something like that, that then that's success. Obviously, obviously that's a successful thing. But 
it needs to be based on output of like how many songs did you write today? Then then you're successful. How many how many uh, sessions did you do this week? You know, did you show up? Like that's success. What is your rule? Do you have to go to a session and finish a song, or will you leave with something? Oh no, just show up. <laughs> yeah, you could just show up and eat a burger, and then and then leave. You just got to show up. My I, uh, my same my management team has Mike Posner on, and that was the one thing that he told me is that you just got to show up to every single session, and even if it's going bad, you might just write something that you like, and then or maybe it's just a part or a word that you'll take to the next one, or meet somebody that might help you for the next thing. But you just got to show up to all of them. Mike Posner is one of the greatest artists of all time. Wow, he's up there for you. Yeah, yes. same. When I heard I took a pill in Ibiza, yeah, man. He's also one of the nicest human beings of all time. He's also crazy. <laughs> he's also he's like on he's climbed Mount Everest. He's he on climbed, another level. I don't think a lot of people realize what climbing Mount Everest means. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we, he came on our show and explained it to us, but yeah, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. And it's life-threatening. Yeah. Exactly. He was well, I was on FaceTime with him like 2 days ago and he was like, "Yeah, I climbed over some dead bodies when I was going up Everest." Now, yeah. That's just not that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm probably not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm probably not going to climb Everest. Probably not going to go deep sea diving. The moon is in, you know, it has to be a hundred, like 90% safe. You God. know, like I, I'm not going to do like wild shit like that. That's in play though, the moon in a yeah. serious way. Exactly. Well, I wanted to ask a question about fake profit is the, uh, uh, one of the, I think it's the opening verse. One of the first lines. Is it true that when you say your baby girl is a past with a bunch of very famous fellas? Hell yeah, bro. What Everything has been experienced, bro. I guess you're not going to expand on who that may Definitely be. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely yeah, but not. You meet her when you're not famous or anything, I'm assuming, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was F-list famous because of the reality oh, TV that's show. that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I, I technically I've been F-list famous for a long time, and I just, like, kind of knocked my tear up a little bit with these with this music Got stuff. You know? What tier are you at now? Um... I'm at the tier where I don't think about it anymore. I think that at the lower yeah. tiers, you think about it a lot. Like, oh, what am I doing? That's why I was writing it, you know, because I thought I was thinking about it. But once you start putting out something, you kind of don't care anymore, you know. Um, and that's probably the biggest blessing so far is that I just don't care what how big. It, I, I do care that things are growing and things are increasing because I want to build right now. I'm in I'm that phase in my um, career where I still think I'm only on my first album. I want to have 10 albums, you know. Well, AOK is obviously blowing up. Do you, do you, do you feel you got like, a big blue world right there? We got to see yeah, it. I do. <laughs> do you feel like that's one of those songs that could almost become bigger than you? Like, so many people know this song. It's so catchy. And they're like, wait, who sings this song again? Because yeah. you are a new artist. Um, I think I don't care what people think about what how I'm attached to the song. Because there's always going to be that one person who doesn't like music. You know those people who don't like music? Yeah. And they're like... Uh, I don't really I've heard this song before but I don't know, whatever you know like I'm gonna go do other things that with my free time with those that I think about consumers like that person so maybe it means that I need to I don't need to do anything I just need to focus on myself you know like that's it I focus on sharing my personality with people and hopefully it goes um, bigger and bigger so that people if they want to know who I am they can you know so yeah, because the song has the potential to be big, and yeah, and if you put things out there and they're interested, they'll go and search you. Exactly. But to your point, like there is a passive consumer out there. Yeah. And I think you, you were categorizing them as somebody who doesn't like music, but I think it's more of a passive person, which is like yeah. somebody who interacts with it on the radio or somebody mm-hmm. who catches it on a playlist. 
somebody who might like something, but in order to feed them, you have to hit them more than once. Mm. You've now kind of hit them twice. Yeah. Right? One, I think you're fully going to hit. Yeah. Stuck in the middle, I think, could have gone further. I mean, yeah. you should have worked it to radio. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but then you got to do it again, right? Yeah. Well, I think I got technically two and a half with drugs for my stoner people out there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But but also you haven't been given a chance to perform in front of a real crowd yet. Yeah, like we're not like promotion right now. Technically, a lot of that is show. So when I go to Lollapalooza and I play in front of like whatever, I don't even know how many people. I've never been to a fest. I've never been to Lollapalooza. Never been to a festival. Never gone to one. My first show ever is going to be in front of Lollapalooza's crowd. I have no idea what it's going to look like. Don't know. Do you know what you sound like? I didn't until I started rehearsing for a <laughs> live stream for my album. So after that, I'm going on the tour with Chelsea and, Cutler uh, and Quinn. Yeah, Chelsea Cutler and uh, Quinn 92. And we're playing, you know, 10,000 room uh, people. I mean, yeah, 10,000 people rooms there. Uh, I'm the opener, so I'm probably not going to get that that uh, that crowd. I'm going to get to like 5,000 to, you know, 10,000. But that, I don't even know what that looks like. I think people will come for you. Um, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. seem like you get nervous, though. Uh, I, we're... We're going to die, dude. There's, it's just like too much, too much reality pushing in on me all the time. Like right now, if you like feel your body and like your breath, like this is going to end. That's what I think about so all the time. you are paranoid all the time. Mm. That was a paranoid thought. Really? I think. Are I'm you just, for real? Yeah. Yeah, that was a paranoid thought. <laughs> you just started with you're going to die. And if you think about it, you feel it in but your whole body. Are you, yeah. always, are you always thinking about the fact that we're all going to die because it doesn't seem mm. like that. It seems like you're like, we're all going to die, no. so I'm just going to do whatever I want. Exactly. So I like. So it's stored in there somewhere. Yeah. Always yeah. at the ready, yeah. chilling in a subconscious place. Exactly. When I was in college in like the darkest places, I listened to like Gary Vee and stuff. And he'd be like, imagine your family is short tomorrow. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, okay, Gary, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but I do get the sense that like we're going to die and that you can't live life like it's going to happen forever. Life is super long. You can't be doing stuff that you don't like because life is so long, it'll, it'll, it'll be depressing. Yeah, that is accurate. This almost kind of <laughs> seems like what AOK is talking about. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so what, what exactly was going on when you first thought of that idea? I just wanted people to, roll, like, chill the out you know like like when things are bad like have you ever seen going like went into a starbucks and people are yelling that they got their coffee order wrong or yes. like they're just going through a drive-thru and treating people badly that type of person just listen to a-okay man it's gonna be all right you know it, the last line we added to the song was all the what was it the hate do a shimmy shake throw a middle finger up down the interstate was the last lines that we added and that's what made AOK one of like my favorite songs because it's just like carefree, like a shimmy shake, bro. That's awesome. Come on, <laughs> it's a phenomenal line. Yeah, where did that come from? It just rhymes. Just stream of consciousness, dude. It's just like things that I've experienced. Like, have you seen? Like, if I had to trace it back to anything, it's a combination of, um, Star Fox do a barrel roll, and shimmy shake, which is like an '80s thing that I used to mm -hmm. watch. So like do a shimmy shake instead of do do a barrel roll, you know, like that. Is your foot breaking connected to this attitude of everything is going to be okay? Because correct me if I'm wrong, like mm. maybe I'm assuming, but like you mentioned that you were going to play sports. People don't just like play sports. Like you really give your all to the thing. Yeah. And if you think you're going to take it to at least a coll collegiate level, mm. it consumes a vast majority of your existence. 
Yeah, I think for me, because I had a loose, I didn't, no one was saying, oh, Tyler's going to the NBA. But in the back of my head when I was a kid, I was like, illusions of grandeur. I'm going to the NBA. I like this thing and I'm doing it. And I think not a lot of people have had their dreams crushed so fast at an early age. Like a, like something that was kind of not really solid, but kind of tangible. Because I was six seven, I was also 17, you know, so it's like, oh, he kind of has a chance. Yeah. Um, and for those people who kind of have a chance, they wait until they're 40 to realize that they don't have that chance. But I got it smacked in 17, and I was like, okay, I got to do something else. Um, because it just kept going lesser and lesser of a chance. Like I went, I was playing with like Donovan Mitchell um, uh, at Brewster Academy, but then I went like D3, and then I got injured, and then I was like, ah, this is probably not going to happen. you know. But until that injury, you had hope. Yeah, but I just... I would see people that that I know now, like I know a lot of people that are in the NBA right now, and they just have something like crazy about them. Like Aaron Holiday has done some of the most athletic things that I've ever seen in my life. Donovan Mitchell, some of the most athletic things I've seen in my life. Marcus Derrickson, they've all like, he would wear like a trash bag in his sleep to sweat more, and I just wouldn't do that, <laughs> you know? So you never like watch these guys, like you never watch a jazz game and watch Donovan out there, and you're like be me no because i'd hate myself my knees would hurt after the game like i'd be <laughs> angry at all the fans for yelling too loud the entire time i'd be like I, that's just not the life you know but for me going out and playing a festival i'm this is a secret i'm probably gonna want to do that again you know what i'm saying i would don't think i'd want to play 82 games of nba basketball you see something special in them do you have the ability to see something special in you yeah but like right when right Right when I came out of the womb, I think my mom put that in me, you know, like seeing spe- like not seeing something special, but like everyone can be special. You just have to think that your voice matters. And my mom did a really good job of like telling me like your voice matters, like your thoughts matter. Say them out loud. What does she think of all this? She doesn't care. <laughs> not, <laughs> not that she doesn't care, but like she just like your work isn't you. Like, I'm glad that you're having a good time. I'm yeah, but supportive. In this case, your work is you, right? You are your songs. Yeah, I, I am my songs, but it's also removed to the fact, like, if, if I go have dinner with my family, it's not like yeah. we're ta- we're singing stuck in the middle the entire time, you know what I'm saying? Not. So, like, yeah, I think it's more uh, being able to talk about other things that aren't me. That's, like, that's what life is, you know? Like, living life, not just work. Because right, right now, I'm super into work because I've never had something that I really wanted to do. Other people have been in college and be like, oh, I'm going to be a business major. I want to be in business. And they were, and they worked four years for that. And then they figured out that they didn't want to do that anymore. And they're at an accounting job. And they're like, gosh, maybe I don't want to count. Maybe I want to do marketing. Or they want to change fields. I realized at 25 something that I actually wanted to do for the first time in my entire life. And that's why I'm so passionate about this right now. Because you're only... Are you still 25? Yeah, I'm still 25. <laughs> well, I guess 20, 24 is when I figured it out. But music was instilled in you earlier. Yeah. Do you, what was the first song you ever wrote? First song I ever wrote, <laughs> the first session I ever had, before you go on reality TV, they put you in a, a week. Um, they put you in a hotel for two weeks. Okay. Um, and I was with this guy named Ethan. His name, his rap name is E-Money. And I lied to him and of I course. said, I'm a singer. <laughs> and he's and I had a ukulele. Oh, of course you did. Yeah, because I had like saying in my room in college. I I more likely played the ukulele just to play songs that I liked. But um, I brought the ukulele to the reality TV show because I saw some other dudes do it, and they had a song that got like three hundred thousand views on YouTube. And I was like, I can beat that because I'm competitive. So then I went to the I went to the hotel, brought out my ukulele, and 
Actually, it wasn't even my ukulele. It was somebody else's ukulele that they brought. And I was like, yes, because you can't really bring a ukulele because you had to pack a bag. I thought it would break. Um, but, yeah, I got there, and me and him were like, you're not supposed to talk to each other, but then he kind of let it slip that he does music. Mm-hmm. And then once that happened, I was like, oh, sh- we're here. This is meant to happen. And then we lied to him about being a singer, and then I wrote, like, Perfect Match, which is the name of the song. It's on Spotify, too. Yeah. And you wrote it with Imani. Yeah, that was the first hook that I wrote, I think. And it's pretty, it slaps, too. Like, if you go back to, like, the visualization of it, of what I'm saying, it's kind of cool. It's great for the show. Did you think in that moment that this was good? Um, Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was going to go on the radio, but I knew it was good. I was like, this is the best song that's come out of Are You The One. Yeah, definitely for sure. Or definitely, maybe even MTV, I guess. Wow. So what's is stuck in the middle of the next song? No. There there's more songs between. No, 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 no. So after after I did that, I did um some other songs with E Money. I did about like six songs with E Money. Then I was like, Damn. I need to be a solo artist, not because of anything he did, just because I in my head I pictured me doing it by myself. So I had to figure out how to do it by myself. And that's the hardest thing that I think a lot of people that are trying to make music do is that they're like, okay, do I have to get, what DAW do I use to make the music? What mic do I get? What interface do I get? What, what are all these technical things? Even though I'm so artistic and I want to say all these things, how do I make a song? And that's probably the hardest, that was one of the hardest things to do. Um, and then once I figured out by myself that I needed to pay other people to help me do those things, <laughs> then I, then that's when progress started to get made. And then I started by wasting money. I paid somebody $2,000 to make a song. And that's a waste. What song was it? Uh, I don't even remember. It was I don't even remember the name of the song. Um, face in the crowd or something like that. And I was like, I don't want to be a face in the crowd, face in the crowd or something like that. You know. So you you have to write those. You have to write yeah. those those songs in order to get to stuck in the middle. You know. So it's a process. How how many songs do you think you wrote between? Like between finish songs, e money. No, they yeah, they yeah. didn't mean they didn't mean to be finished. Twelve, twelve. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I picked it up pretty fast. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I picked it up like pretty fast. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like le- less than fifteen because two two or three didn't come out. But yeah, it seems like every single article about you mentions like the Verizon store first. Are you excited? They love the Verizon. They store really the do. They I don't, do. It's like yeah, it's a part of your life, but Real like it's tangible. You see it, and you're like, oh, I know what the Verizon store looks like. Everyone knows what it's like to go into a Verizon store and be like, can you fix my phone? You know. Are you excited <laughs> for people to just like stop talking about that and stop making it the headline? I, like I said, I don't care what the headline is. I really don't. You can write about anything. You can write about TikTok. Uh, you can write about Verizon store. You can write about what is it? The reality show. You can do anything you want. I'm just gonna be over here making music marketing myself because that's the thing that's going to drive things forward Mm -hmm. happy till it hurts is there a squidward reference in there which line i don't know i heard the word squidward maybe i was hearing something no definitely didn't say squidward (laughs) squeeze that into your next song yeah Yeah, i I got to (laughs) write that down that's a meme right um damn it's a great song though i love happy till it hurts too that's like my ethos do you is that the goal yeah man you gotta be after being like sad because of no reason you want to definitely be happy until like it's the opposite of that you know did you think maybe this line because i broke hearts quit work truth hurts eat dirt do you think like oh he said i said squid word <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude I, I i've heard things in songs before it's very funny i do though. too i do too oh man and they're always it's most of the time inaccurate so i have to reference uh the for lyrics me, which i did for the most part 
Yeah. There's a One Direction song, and I think they say start, but it sounds like they're saying fart every time. And it's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, I love Deserve to be Alone. Fake Prophet's amazing. Are, are your parents divorced? Yeah, they got divorced uh, like two years ago. So it, I, this is me like talking about it, but it's already happened, you know? Yeah, but I mean, obviously, like, yeah, but like back then, when did, you, how long ago did you write that? You mentioned it in a record. Oh, Bad Bad News. Yeah. Um, I wrote Bad Bad News last year, but they got divorced like two years ago. So in reality, maybe it, it's cool for that lyric because stay together longer than my parents did is for people who maybe they only stay together for like, I don't know, six years to 20 years. You know, you just want to do better than what your parents did most of the time. Like if they got divorced, you want to stay together in your relationship, right? And by the way, in most aspects in life, right? And I think your parents want that for you too, right? Yeah. To be served as, like, they live as a cautionary tale, so. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think that getting divorced is a cautionary tale. I think mm. it's just a part of your process. Like if you don't, if you found someone and maybe it just didn't work out, people change. Like I don't, relationships for me are so like, People have all this pressure on relationships when in re reality, it's there's so many other aspects of life that need to be so straight in order for everything to happen for every in order for you to be happy. Like you should just be happy first and then get in a relationship. But people try to use their relationship to be happy and that's not going to work ever. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. It is true. I mean, people do. They, they seek out relationships even mm -hmm. when they're in a bad place. But a good relationship really is bringing out the best in each other. And how do you do that when yeah. you're in a place to start? Yeah, and I was poor, bro. It's really hard to pay for dinner when you're, like, thinking about the tip, dog. <laughs> it's a lot. You just ran out of gas on the highway. Yeah, dude. I did. I just ran out of gas on the highway. That was just because I'm busy and I forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> the money is caught up, yes? Because you have mentioned in articles, oh, yeah. too, that, like, you know, you don't really get paid instantly. And just because you have a hit song on, on the internet doesn't mm -hmm. mean... You cannot be at the Ryzen store to pay bills. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. You know, though, I don't. When did Arista come in and offer you a deal? How many they, songs had you had out? Um, Man, I had one song out. Stuck in the middle? Yeah, but they had heard some other stuff. Like, I think I might have had the demo for drugs when I had signed that deal. But, yeah, that's another situation where I just had got offered from, like, Atlantic and another big, I forget. I talked to everybody. I talked to everyone. Back in 2020, which is not that long ago, <laughs> labels were talking to everybody yeah. on TikTok, like every single label. So, Did you have a manager at the time? No, I, I talked to... Well, actually, I did. I had I met my managers first, and then the label started contacting me. Got it. Yeah. Well, and also my managers knew the labels because they had worked with Mike, yeah, and they yeah. knew everyone, too. So. so was that scary for you? Because, like, the wrong record deal can ruin your life. Um, I wasn't in a position to where I was going to do that. I was in a position to where I wanted to own everything, and I still own everything, so... Great. That's like oh, my sick. thing. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. Smart. That's well, the deal. I had leverage because of TikTok. Yeah, you were already big when yeah. they came to you. But also I didn't, I could have sold everything and gotten way more money, but I need to own things. That's like my thing. That's the whole entrepreneurship thing. It's like my business, you know? Yeah. and But it's also how you maintain all this passion and this, I mean, dude, it's, it is, you own it. It's yours. Nobody else's hand is in it necessarily. I mean, it's only the hands that you want in it. Yeah, exactly. And there's very few artists in history that actually own their own music. Mm, yeah. Modern day, like Macklemore, AJR. I know you're big AJR fans. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm a fan of good music. So if, if you have some good songs, I'm probably going to like you. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the people that kind of 
No, I like every like I can go through an artist's song and pick my favorite song. That's the thing. Yeah, you can go through their catalog and pick something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, very few artists own their own stuff. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Oh, going back to you, um, when you said when what was the uh, when was it right time to release drugs after like six months of su- pushing suck in the middle? Yeah. I just said at a certain point we need to like put something out. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was like a very conscious decision to be like this is needs to happen sooner than later. Yeah. You know. Um, because you have to build at some point. You can't just run it. Like, even AOK, I don't really, like, okay, AOK could go number one, and, like, you need another album. You know, like, no matter what. No, it's always and. Exactly. So, it's yeah. just building, you know. What do you learn from somebody like Lil Nas X that you take with you? Because you had mentioned him. Lil Nas X is a goat. Goat. Yeah. One of, I think people don't understand that everything he does, marketing-wise, is so dialed in and precision based through different types of brackets of age groups like he'll put a a video of him doing just like montero but vocally on youtube to promote montero people don't realize that that's promoting montero because if it gets views on that then people are gonna listen to the songs yeah he'll put out he'll put the spongebob meme on his whatever it's called his treatment so that people realize that he's like a regular guy making these music videos out of his own head through things that we all experienced as like, I don't know, 21 to 20, 21 to 30 year olds um, in our childhood. And he's making new. So it's like, he's doing some he's, wild he's stuff. Brilliant. What he's yeah, doing. Exactly. Yeah. Montero is a genius and uh, he is just like you and me mm. and everybody else out there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really incredible, but he is, He's laid quite a path. Like, in, yeah. in, in culture is cyclical, right? And I've been on the radio, for instance, for like 13 years. And the first half was digital, like when YouTube was first erupting. And then that led a path to like a bunch of cover artists trying to go mainstream. And a couple of them make their way over. And then you see it with Vine. And then it's musically. And now it's TikTok. Yes. It's, dude, it's, it's, it's all, it's all derived from a digital stream right which mm-hmm. makes it super cool but nas really laid the fe- laid the groundwork for like the tiktok records mm. he was the first of this cycle of it yeah. all and uh yo genius dude i watched all those kids i was in college and i'm like wait this youtuber logan paul is now living in la wait yeah. this vine guy king batch is now in la wait wait whoa whoa whoa, whoa. this is this is a lot. Wait, DJ Khaled from Snapchat is now the, one of the biggest <laughs> names. So I watched three social media, and, and for TikTok, I was like, I am not missing this. N- yeah. None of those four people are more like have more things going on in their brain than me. I have the that's same cool. material that everyone else has, so I can do the same thing that they do. And that's like some, also another thing my mom gave me. You know, it's just like you, no one, no one is special yet. Everyone is special. You know, like you just got to try. Yeah, so you can do it too. Exactly. So you were just waiting for the platform to emerge for you to take advantage of it. I wasn't waiting for the platform. The TikTok kind of found me. I didn't even, I was, to be honest, guy, I don't even know how to use TikTok the best. Like, I am <laughs> not the best at using TikTok. I mean, it's really not that complicated. Yeah, it, I mean, from the videos I do, but some people are doing, like, the transition, yeah, like, yeah. this, I have no <laughs> idea how to do that. That's not me. Yeah. They can go, uh, potential and possibilities are endless with the TikTok editing yeah, exactly. interface. <laughs> what are you thinking over there? I just heard that you're done your second album already. Is that true? Dude, I have all the albums 
planned out. Wait, so like what? I have the second album, the third album, and the fourth album. I know what the cover art's gonna be. I know what the album names are gonna be. I know what everything is gonna happen. So you know the songs already? Yeah, I know the general idea. Like the, the thing is, all my so albums are malleable. Like even the first one was, um, there were songs that were on it that I added to it. Like I just have the general idea of what I want, and then if I, because I'm gonna write for like years and years and select songs from those um, from me writing. So just having a world and then placing songs in that world, maybe taking it out, putting it in this world. Then I take, mm, I don't know if it goes in this world. Maybe I put it in this world. Maybe I try it for this world. It makes it easier. Oh, I get it. So you're just going to create a bunch of music and then from there kind of place them into albums. Yeah, but for the second album, yeah. I could, if I could put out an album tomorrow and I, yeah, just do it, yeah. I could put out an album tomorrow. So do you, you understand your sound that well or do you know the I right just, way to evolve it? What are you worried about? Well, no one knows the right way to evolve anything. You know, like if you look at anyone, anyone who's been in the game for a long time, Justin Bieber, if you wrote Peaches five years ago and put it out five years, years ago, I don't know if it would hit, but did it hit now. If you wrote Baby and put it out today, I don't know if it would hit, but it hit then. So it's like everyone's transforming. Everyone's changing. You just have to change. With the times though, right? Yeah, with, with the, the moment. So if you're- Or you can create a moment too. Yeah, you can. So, but 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 that's like those tend to come far and few between, yeah. and they're not like maybe you have one or two moments on every album. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you're lucky, but then there's some artists who won't release an album until they know that every song is a moment. Yeah. So you don't get to experience what Justin, the example that you just laid out mm -hmm. with Justin Bieber, if you're creating all your albums so close to one another. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what is the goal? Just to keep creating constantly? Yeah, like I wanna, I wanna be to a place to where. I make this this world, and if every song on it is immovable on it, like I, every everything that on, every song that I put on that thing, I'm saying something, it means something, and I think it's gonna connect. Even if it doesn't connect, it connects with me. Yeah. Then we're good. Let's let's chill. I might write another song that might be better, but it's all it's all malleable in my head, you know. And then with all these next albums coming through. It's just me building this repertoire. Like, like I picked out of maybe 40 songs for the first album. I'm about to pick out of like 200 songs for the second album. For the third album, it's probably going to be like 300 songs. You know, so it's just going to be my decision making, you know. Wow. Um, are you prepared to play Stuck in the Middle and AOP <laughs> Until for the I rest die. of your life? <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think if you've had people come into the Verizon store and with anger and fire in their eyes about their plan and tell you why the f did you charge me so much for your phone bill? You would want to play AOK -OK every single day too. <laughs> so you're good. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I mean, that I've had that experience. Different in a few years. Once nah, you've dude. done a bunch of tour dates. Yeah. I mean, once I've done a, a bunch of tour dates, yeah, things could definitely change. But I think that, I'm super glad I got the experience. I wasn't just a, I didn't just work at Verizon. I worked at this luxury um, uh, Asian sunglass store named Gentle Monster, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't let me sit down. So I would stand for like eight hours a day because it's luxury, you know, and I would wear all black <laughs> and I'd wear the same pair of jeans every single day because I only had like two, two black pairs of jeans. And that was terrible. So I had that experience. I was also an intramural volleyball ref. So yeah. I'd go to Santa Monica Beach and I'd have Karen from accounting warming up and Dan from marketing being like, yo, that was in on the line. Dan, relax. We're all having fun here. You know, like that's what I would do. And having those experiences 
makes it so that playing a show in front of people who are excited to see you on a song that I wrote is super easy. Like other artists who like, <laughs> I just wish that they could go do what I did yeah. so they realize what they are, what's the opposite. <laughs> They'll really understand the difference. Yeah, exactly. Very well said and very true. That's why I love Bella Porch. I listen to her H3 podcast and she has gone through so much and I just, I'm biggest Bella Porch fan. She's incredibly talented. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great musicians that have emerged from TikTok. Dude, I can go through a lot. Jack Hayes, Claire Rosencrantz. Who else do I really like? Peter McPoland is really cool. Mm. Um, yeah, dude. You got you got the early ones like Curtis Waters with Stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rip Momney. There's a lot of people. Oh, Rip Momney. Yeah. Um, who's the Coffee for Your Head guy? Oh, oh man, I can't think of him. Beba Doobie and yes. What's his name? Young Gravy kind of had a, a, had some a hit, some hits on uh, TikTok too. Pow Fu, that's correct. Damn. Pow Fu, Doja Cat, killing every single song but on TikTok. But there is a fear that it could produce a bunch of one-hit wonders, and I do think... Oh, I think it already kind of has. is doing that. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you look at some of those people that we've named, you kind of have to keep doing it again. That's the thing that TikTok is really showing is, can you build a career by the songs that you're making right now? And maybe it takes longer for some people, but for me and TikTok, I think it's really nice to songwriters... Clinton Kane is another one who's usually oh, doing a great dude, yeah. nuggets or whatever. Nugs nuggets. Or whatever the fuck. <laughs> the nuggets. <laughs> Chicken nuggets, whatever. Yeah. Love that song. He's so talented. Exactly. He is such a gift. Yep. Exactly. So when you have someone like that who's songwriting and you're using the words on the screen, you're sharing your stories with people, TikTok is really just a storytelling app you know so it's it's better for storytellers and songwriters than it is maybe a dance artist but you can still make it as a dance artist and like um not a dance artist but like if you're making electronic music or um r&b music like i think the best songs on tiktok have stories or are very visual or very like like you can touch them like you can feel them you know but all of your songs are that like you really you, you feel them you can see them like really, like mm-hmm. my mind's eye gets busy. <laughs> Your records are really good. I mean, like this album. If I were you, I'd be nervous about following it up because it's so. <laughs> good. Yo, I can I can show you some stuff after this, and you'd be like, oh. Yeah, let's <laughs> see because real talk. I like just being honest. Like, it's one of my favorite albums of the year. That's awesome. And I think you are going to sell at arenas. Like, I really do. Mm. Based on this album, I mean, don't f*** it up. <laughs> it's easy to f*** it up, truthfully. Real talk, like, it's easy to get... Yeah. It's, it's not easy to get here, but, like, there's a combination of consistency. Yeah. Like, consistency has led to people being able to reach certain heights. It's mm-hmm. about staying there and continuing to ascend and not descend yeah. after that. It's, it, it's not about how you got here it's about how long you stay here yeah and it, i think even if i do f- it up there's no one on earth that can tell me to stop that, you know that's the thing so like, you can always repair it exactly like with the, and just have one of the biggest assets i think was just talking to mike posner going through his ups and down as like an artist of being like having like please don't go and then years later having i took a pill in Ibiza just by staying true and keeping like going to the session writing the song keep doing keep going like just do and then it'll work because when you think about a goal you're going to get there if you just think about it hard enough if you start going like i don't know if i'm going to get there then it's it's harder to get there yeah if you start putting doubt yeah 
but but dude, Mike Posner is consistency personified. Yeah, but he's also a gift and very kind, and uh, he's Shout also talented. To Shout out to Mike Posner. Dude. <laughs> Phenomenal body work. <laughs> Link in the description below. Please, please, please give it your ear. Uh, Ty Verdes, everybody. Hey. hey, beautiful human. Thanks for joining our conversation with Ty Verdes. I really appreciate it. Please share our podcast with those you care about. Hit subscribe and let us know who we should interview next at Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Have an amazing day. Be safe, hug your family, don't go to jail, and yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Peace and love.